Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Boris Kojo grew up in Germany and came to America on a tennis scholarship at Virginia Commonwealth University until a back injury halted his athletic career. Since then, he became a supermodel, an actor, and has even become an entrepreneur. On this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast, Boris Kojo reflects on the many cultural differences in Germany and America and how the pandemic has encouraged his entrepreneurial spirit. Boris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Where are you uh, right now? Are you in Los Angeles or are you elsewhere? Yeah, I'm in, we're, we're in Manhattan Beach, uh, just south of, south, of, south of the airport. And, and where did you grow up? You grew up overseas, right? Germany. We're in Germany. My uh, my, my brother-in-law is uh, from Heidelberg. We're, we're in Germany. Yeah, Heidelberg, Heidelberg is uh, about an hour north of where I'm from. I'm right by the Swiss border, all the way in the south, 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 uh, west, uh, France. So I'm in the corner. I'm in the corner of France, Switzerland, and Germany. I'm right there. Is that that Alsace-Lorraine area? Exactly, exactly, Alsace, and that's that's where the Black Forest is on the German side, on a, a city called Freiburg. Interesting. You know, it was very funny. Literally in the last minute, you went from American to German to French. I yeah, heard a little Tony Parker right. in your voice for yeah. about two seconds, and then you gave yeah, it out. Do, do you speak French as well, or or just yeah. just German? Yeah. French and German and Spanish and, and, yeah. and fluent. You could easily you could operate in uh in all those worlds. Yeah, um, my well, obviously uh, English is e- um, German is easy, and then French was my second, and then English and Spanish. Interesting. And then your pop is from Ghana. Is that right? Ghana. Yeah, he's from Ghana, West Africa. And uh, which you know, uh, I've been to. I've eaten. I've eaten my way across Accra and Kumasi and all nice. the other good places. And nice. I like. I like to say Ghanaians are certifiably the nicest people in the world. Australians, I, Colombians, Brazilians I, are runner-ups, but I think Ghanaians are the nicest people in the world. Ghanaians actually are known for their hospitality. Like when you go to Accra, it's like you're at home. Yeah, you know the food to the people to the music and all the obviously the, all, the, all the historic sites that are there. 
Um, we've been doing, uh, we've been producing this event called uh, Full Circle Festival for the past three years and bringing people over to Ghana and reconnecting with the ancestry and visiting all the sites and all that. And, and uh, it's changed people's lives and how they think of Africa. Because, you know, we've been told so many lies about the continent and to sort of re-course re correct and, and, and redefine that narrative is, is important. Were you connected? I grew up with, uh, my mom was from Virginia, but she had lived in Angola uh, for years. And she ended up working with students from across the continent. And so Africa was a, a tangible part of our lives growing up. And I was called by a Zimbabwean name, by a Shona name growing up. But were you connected to Ghana or to Africa at all as a kid growing up? Oh, yeah. We went there for, for vacation in, in the summer to see my family. Uh, my grandmother and, and uh, all my cousins and aunts and and and, and uncles and so uh, I took a little break then. My my parents split up and then I went back as a teenager and then consistently uh, throughout my adult life. I wanted my kids to see it, so I took them very early uh, in their lives, and they've been going back almost every year. So we 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 made it a point to make sure they know where their uh, roots lie. Yeah. And, um, whether it's Germany or, or, or Ghana, Germany, we've been to Germany every year since they were born. I think it's important. What is, it's interesting because I've heard you say in other conversations as well, you, you referenced speaking German, speaking German to your daughter. Uh, you said, I heard you say when she was first born, which is, which is, I could imagine it was, was uh, you know, again, a, a beautiful story. What is Germany? And maybe this sounds like an obvious question to you, but, but you present very American, very familiar. And so knowing that you speak German and hearing you say that that's what you said to a crying baby who was just out of the womb and that that soothed her and connected you to her, you know, what has Germany meant for you? Has it shaped you as a person? I assume the answer is yes, but I'm still asking because if you didn't tell me that you spoke German, I don't know that I would know immediately. Yeah. You know, the first Initial perception that people have of me is that I'm from here, D.C., East Coast, whatever. Uh, it, it, was a, it, it took a lot of effort for me to be able to do that, to be able to fool people into thinking that I'm from here, which, which uh, was probably the harder part compared to learning the language. Learning the language was hard enough and speaking it without an accent, but then to understand the culture and the, the, the physical communication uh, that is very specific to African-Americans, that was really the harder part for me. It continues to be, actually, because I'm very African and German. Um, those, those cultures are very specific in itself. Um, they're very stoic. Uh, we're very disciplined. And, um, and Germany definitely left an imprint because, I mean, that's where I spent the first 20 years of my life. So... Uh, the mentality, the, the, again, the structure, the discipline, um, never being late, you know, those kind of things <laughs> that, that, seem, that seem very trivial. But, you know, when I first came, by the way, I studied in Virginia. When I first came to Virginia, uh, people on campus would say, yeah, I'll meet you at three and I'll be there at 2.55. And they didn't, wouldn't show up until 3.40. And it was, it was weird. It was strange to me when people would say, yeah, let's go to the movies tomorrow. And I would, I would sincerely expect to be going to the movies tomorrow. And it was just a way for them to, you know, to communicate. So it would just throw something out. It doesn't mean it was, it was a fact or certain, or it wasn't confirmed. So, uh, yeah, Germany is all over me. You know, it's, 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 uh, definitely a big part of, of, of who I am 
and um, and how I also approach things in my life and how I raise my children. Tradition, culture is very important to me. Um, that's why I traveled with them when they were infants. You know, we went everywhere, all across the world. I wanted them to 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 understand um, diversity. I wanted them to understand different cultures and and their ancestry. I wanted them to understand. Um, how important it is to connect with their roots and whether it's food or, 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 uh, language. Um, I think, I think it, it's tremendously important in, in, in the development of a, of a human to be exposed to more than just one thing. And I think that's also the detriment of growing up in the States that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to travel outside their boroughs, their community, their cities, their state. Um, and therefore, uh, maintain a, a narrow mindedness, um, and also, uh, uh, the whole imperial sort of, uh, approach to foreign policy here in this country is based on the fact that everybody thinks that America is the only place in the world, right? When you win the NBA championship, they call it the world championship. When you win the, the, the baseball championship, it's the world series. It's like, no, you're really just competing in the country. You're not really competing with the world. Uh, but 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 I think America has done an extraordinary um, job in selling this country to the world. They've done an incredible job creating um, not just propaganda, but but the, the the marketing efforts in with the American flag and the fast food and the movies and that has sort of shaped the image of America all across the world, right? And America has problems just like any other country in the world, but they've downplayed that so much. They've changed the way they tell their history, leaving out, you know, strategically leaving out parts that have come back to haunt them now. Um, and, and, and it has shaped how the world has perceived them. And only in the last <laughs> four years, that has sort of come crumbling down uh, because of this this leader that they've had, um, and and now the whole world looks at them completely differently. Do you think that's a permanent state, or do you think that as we move into a Biden era, that the world will look at that as a blip as opposed to fundamentally who America is or was? Good question. I think that Trump has has. Um, released the hounds has has um created a, a place where it's okay to spew some of the rhetoric that he has normalized and and therefore uncovered this sort of underbelly of america that has always been there you know for really hundreds of years but has sort of laid dormant um and i think that it depends on how we respond over the next four, eight, 12 years. And if we galvanize uh, uh, each other to actively um, stand up against racism, uh, systemic racism, and some of the um, discriminating racist, misogynistic rhetoric that he has sort of liberated in a way, right? Because there's thousands of people out in the street protesting right now, thinking that he won the election. And, and that kind of thinking is, 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 it exists, is there. So we can't ignore that, right? And, and other countries don't ignore it. But I think 
especially Germany has seen uh, the states almost in a, in a weird, like a surreal uh, reality TV type Muppet show kind of uh, dynamic over the past four years that hopefully now we can course correct, you know, we can change again because it's, it's, it hasn't served anyone, I think. Do you, do you find that in your life? I mean, you live in a very blue place in LA, um, California, probably, uh, you know, probably went 60% plus for Biden. So, so pretty dramatically. So do you bump into elements of that? And, and I think I know the answer, but I'm purposefully asking so as not to assume. And so to let it be your narrative, not mine, but 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 what do you see in LA? Do you feel like you feel elements of the Trump era of racial division of of systemic racism? Yeah, I think that Trump has has um, awoken um, this this whole white privilege um, 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 gene in a lot of us, um, and you can feel that anywhere you go. You think um, you think even in LA, even in Hollywood. Privileged place, uh, disproportionately college educated, disproportionately well off. You're bumping in. You're in Hollywood. You're always on movie sets, TV sets. So you're dealing, folks. You think even there, you're seeing it. I, I, you know, around me, most of the people are are, you know, let's call them liberals, um, open minded, free thinking, diverse people. But there is, there is, um, I think there is a tonality that that we can still feel that allows people to spew um, hatred and discriminatory language when before they would have kept their mouth shut. And now they feel emboldened and, and they feel entitled and they feel encouraged to give voice to this uh, sort of underlying uh, uh, um, you know, tone that can be felt anywhere. I mean, I, I, I have to talk to my kids about you know, when they're at Trader Joe's to to insist on getting a bag and a receipt because, you know, when they get stopped by the police, uh, they will question if they stole or if they bought the stuff that they got. They can't play hide and seek in the neighborhood because my son can't be caught in somebody else's backyard. You know, those are conversations that we're having now that um, we didn't have to have a, a while ago. Um, and, and that's 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 scary you know, for parents. That's, and that's the reality. And, and, and that's why we're having this dialogue with our yeah. children, because I think it's important that they understand the world that they live in, uh, in order to educate themselves, but also for them to understand that they can be an, a proactive part in, 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 in being a part of the solution. Have, have you, in, in talking to your kids through this, because your kids, if I remember correctly, are in their teens, is that right? You, you have teenagers? Yes. Are, are you learning anything in talking with them, good, bad, or otherwise, that I'm not presupposing, but, but have these conversations taught you anything, or have you been surprised, again, positively or negatively about something you've heard? My kids surprise me every day. I learn from them every day. We, we, we're very um, adamant about having family dinner every night. We cook and then we eat together, and we we that's where we connect. Um, and they're fifteen and a half and fourteen, so they're very curious. They're very um, they're, they're they they love the question authority, which I like. They are um, interested in everything, and they come with their own ideas, pers- pers- perspectives, and, and opinions. So um, 
they were very much affected by what happened these past eight months on so many levels, from the fears about the pandemic to to concerns about social justice. The BLM movement uh, was a was a is a huge deal uh, for all of us. Um, so the, the, that dialogue is so important because, again, you know, I, I want them to understand that they're part of the solution, but I also need them to understand that, that this is, that our perspective is not the only perspective, that there's people out there with totally different opinions and different, different experiences, which is even more important than opinions because we are shaped by our experiences. And, and, and I think that's also been a huge issue when we talk about the divisiveness between, uh, let's just trivialize it and say Democrats and Republicans, is that um, the, the, the difference in experience dictates the rhetoric. Um, and this country is a place, not just the free market economy, but it's a place of extreme capitalist um, tendencies where profit over people is what's been the status quo for, for hundreds of years. So in a place like that, when news outlets can change their narrative based on um, profit margins and bottom lines, uh, it, it becomes a very dangerous place because now we're manipulating uh, people's opinions and their perspectives by, 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 by calculating how they will respond to certain messaging. And I think Rupert Murdoch is, is a criminal in, in what he did with, with Fox News. Um, his son, even his son, turned his back on, on, the, on the family enterprise because he couldn't, he couldn't accept it anymore. And, and, and so we're in a very unique place here in this country. Um, so I need my children to understand that there's different perspectives on almost everything and that that's okay when one perspective doesn't limit the other person's perspective with the other perspectives, freedom and liberties to live life the way they want to live, right? There's nothing wrong with compromising. There's, there's nothing wrong with seeking dialogue and, and learning about the other people. Uh, but when you force your opinions on someone and thereby um, affect their freedom, uh, maybe even oppress them in a way, discriminate against them, then we have a problem. So our dinner conversations are filled with that kind of, those kind of topics. Uh, and I think it's, it's important. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you think you would have done, uh, Boris, if you had not gone into modeling and acting? What career path do you think you would likely have followed? Um, well, I was an athlete before. Um, that's that's something that I wanted to do um, all my life. I was always playing tennis, and that was my path before it was interrupted. But uh, I always thought about um, – I was a pre-med in, in college, so I was always interested in, in, in medicine. Um, and I was also always interested in education. Um, so, so I think, I think I would probably, I would have probably been an an, an educator slash entrepreneur. Um, I love to engage with people. Um, so I might've been in the same area that you're sort of in the same pool that you're swimming in, you know, um, I love galvanizing people. I love, um, learning from people. I love different ideologies and ideas, philosophies. I love history. I love making connections between certain eras and how uh, history has, has, has influenced us in certain ways. Um, nature versus nurture. I love culture as behaved, uh, as, as learned behavior and how that has an impact on us and, and how we can um, 
changed course over 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 history and so all those things are always very important to me so i'm i'm thinking that's that's probably something that i would have done and and your mom and dad what what did they do uh they they're both doctors my 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 dad passed uh four four years ago now he was an anesthesiologist and my mother is a psychologist and and what was it like for you growing up as as a black child in germany um was that exceptional had germany changed enough so that while it was exceptional it still was um livable what what was what was that like what was that experience for you it's interesting um you know german history is, is very interesting especially uh, post world war 2 what happened in germany was that um there was a major uh correction in course uh, which obviously had to happen based on what happened in the 30s and 40s um the uh, patriotism and any sort of nationalistic feeling was completely um buried uh you would never hear the national anthem or or a flag even unless it was the world championship you know the soccer world cup or something um we grew up with an acute sense of responsibility to learn from the past and to educate our children um so to avoid anything like that ever from happening again uh reparations uh happened uh hundreds of billions of dollars uh to to Israel and and the organizations affiliated with um what happened so this new generation that grew up in the 80s 90s um is made up of some really progressive innovative thinkers who are embracing of um diversity across the board which is not to say that that racism is still universal right so me growing up with my brother we were the only black kids in our community we were bullied every day called names every day because it's just inherent uh in especially in kids that anything that is different or foreign is a threat right um so instead of being curious kids usually um are quick to 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 ostracize you when you look different so we went through that uh a lot as kids and and again that's why we focused on sports it was an outlet for us um to excel and, and deal with our frustration and all that um that's why we did so well in sports my mother who's white did the best she could to um empathize and to give us the the support to to be able to vent and and to be frustrated if we needed to and and to continuously sort of let us know that we were okay the way we were and that people who thought otherwise were stupid and ignorant and that's how we grew up um so again racism is universal it's just that it has a different dynamic depending on where you are in the world uh there's a huge gigantic african diaspora outside of the continent made up of over 400 million people uh in germany there's not a lot of black people then you have the united states where it's almost a parallel society if you will so again there's racism here there's racism there but the dynamic is different here it's become uh part of the 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 structure part of the the system if you will 
right? It's 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 become a a, um, a mechanism that white people uh, came up with in order to make sure that there was a a generational wealth gap that would uh, you know give them sustain sustainable uh, advantages in all kinds of areas, whether it's uh, economy, healthcare, education, uh, justice. Um, where in Germany. There is no laws that speak to uh, the difference in color. There's no laws that 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 protected us or or you know like affirmative action that that doesn't even exist right in Germany. Uh, and Germany dealt with it was funny after the World War uh, after World War Two Germany imported a lot of uh, Italians and Yugoslavs and. Turkish uh, workers to rebuild the country. Like it was foreign workers who rebuilt Germany. Um, and they went through their own struggles in, in sort of uh, socializing um, foreigners in terms of language and culture. And, and they're still going through that right now. Um, but, it, but it's interesting when you, when you look at various countries and how racism has sort of manifested and the difference in dynamics. Are you are you hopeful um, as you as you sit in this moment now as you watch everything that's happened and and maybe even as you think about analogies like the German experience? Do you sit here in 2020 hopeful about what's about to come? Do you sit here worried that, as you said, the hounds have been unleashed and it doesn't really matter who's in the White House that 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 there's uh, there's hell to pay? I believe in the silver lining of everything, and I always look at. Um I always look at the, the um, I'm optimistic about what's going to happen. I think there's an advantage to us knowing what we're dealing with um, so we can counteract and, and, and mobilize to make sure that we, we raise a generation of anti-racists rather than people who are complicit. Um, I think white people have learned a lot in, in these past eight months um, about the, the the various facets of racism. And racism is not just uh, George Floyd. It's not just uh, overt hatred and violence. Um, racism is also apathy. Uh, racism is is ignorance. Racism is is privilege. And and I think a lot of white people have. Um, been more accountable and have taken on the responsibility to counteract racism rather than just staying on the periphery and saying that, well, I'm not a racist. I have, I have a friend who's black and my ancestors uh, weren't uh, uh, slave masters, right? Um, I think a lot of people are understanding that when you're a white per person in this country, um, you have in some ways been able to take advantage of the system and uh, that it's your responsibility to be a part of the solution, uh, to condemn racism, to, to be counteractive and uh, to also, uh, you know, I always say three things when, when, when my white friends ask me what they can do. You can educate yourself, you can listen, and you can show empathy. Let's start there. Those are three very, very simple steps that you can take in order to 
um, support this movement of anti-racism and to get to a place where we can get closer to equitable um, laws, um, you know, social justice, to uh, economic equality um, and uh, equality in healthcare and, and, and education and so forth. Boris, you know, if you and I had met a year ago or five years ago, would we have been having this conversation? It feels like you have been awakened in a very profound way. Am I am I am I overreading into this, or or am I am, am I am I seeing you properly? No, no, I think you're right. But also, there's there's two things. Number one, um, I'm never asked these questions. <laughs> You know, whether it was five years ago or, or even today, I'm never asked these questions. And I had to start to insist on speaking on these issues because I think they're important. Uh, and number two, yeah, we're living in a, in, a, in, a, in a pivotal moment in our history where I think people with a platform have the, the, the responsibility to move the ball forward uh, and to create this sustainable progress in the right direction. Um, I would have, I would hope that we would have had that conversation five years ago because I was always concerned with it, and I've also been conscious about how issues we're dealing with as, as African Americans and issues that we've had on the continent are connected. You can't, you can't separate the two because we were brought here 400 years ago and we were stripped off of our rights, our culture, our language, our customs, uh, our liberties. And um, when Europeans went to Africa and colonized Africa, they did the same thing, right? So, so whether it's uh, colonization or slavery, it's very close connected to what it did to us as a culture, how it impacted us from a traumatic standpoint, and how we're still to this day suffering from it. Uh, it cannot be overstated that the, the, the effects of slavery and the effects of colonization <clears throat> on the continent have left a, a mark on us uh, spiritually, mentally, physically, that has um, put us in a, in, a, in, a, in a position where we're just a, just a um, uh, um, what is it? Sometimes I lose the English word. Um, where we've been condemned to, to suffer because of what happened this past 400 years. And it's interesting that one of the first things that I thought when I first came from Germany, being raised in a household, German mother, uh, German father who left when I was five, but, but still I knew my, my culture and I knew my roots. Uh, I came to the States completely conscious about real American history, everything from slavery, through uh, a, a civil war, um, 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 reconstruction, uh, Jim Crow, all of that, we learn in school, which is ironic. Um, You're saying you learned in German in, school? In, yeah, yeah, in history, in German school. I knew everything about real American history, but yet I did not see any collective effort here to heal from the effects of this history, which always left me baffled. I, I never understood that, uh, not even white people, but black people didn't grasp the importance of healing from these wounds that had been um, uh, 
that happened that we have been subjected to for so long, um, which I think is a is an instrumental part in us progressing to a place where our self image changes, confidence, um, this whole. Um, um, we, we we sometimes display this sort of uh, um, self. What is it called? Self. Uh, the self deprecating. Yeah, it's the self deprecating sort of talk. Uh, we can talk about the N word and all these things that sort of put us back 30, 40, 50 years uh, in our culture, in our own culture. Uh, and so I never, I never understood why there was never a collective effort to do something for us to. To heal, and and one can say that it it's not priority because we're dealing with so much. We're in, we're in constant fight or flight. We're in survival mode, and I get that. Um, but I think that that healing is definitely a subject that needs to be addressed at some point. Huh? And and how do you think healing should happen? What would you say if, if you if if, if President Elect and uh, Biden and Vice President Elect Harris said agree with you? Real trauma here real need to get to a different place. Boris, help us think about how we help people heal. What would be at the top of your mind? What would be some of the things that you'd recommend to them? I think the first thing that needs to happen is a, is a collective effort for people to acknowledge history. That's number one. Because there cannot be any healing when people keep denying uh, what happened, all right? And that has to come from, primarily from white people. Uh, the fact that we acknowledge history and that we teach history in school, and that we address those issues. And I think that would trigger a sense of healing, uh, um, and it would start us off in the right direction. And of course, I know that there's so many pressing issues that we're dealing with right now that have to be uh, priorities. Um, but you know, whether we're talking about the educational system, which is broken, um, the healthcare system, Part of that is healing, the process of healing. And um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I think the first step would be a, a collective acknowledgement of, of the true American history and, and what it did to us. Um, uh, uh, you don't know this, Boris, but I'm a political junkie like you. So if it was up to me, we would spend the whole time talking about this. And I'm going to make you take me for some uh, Wiener Schnitzel and some, uh, and oh, some sauerkraut and, and the rest. Woo! And, and we're, okay. we're, we're going to talk about more of it, including your future run for the Senate, which I now I see clearly uh -oh. and, and uh -oh. I'm excited about. Um, but, uh, but, but so that um, uh, I make sure that people get to hear about some of the other things uh, that I know are not just in your mind, but in your heart. L let me turn to your acting just for a moment. Do you still enjoy acting? I know you do it. I know you do it well. I know you've done it across film and TV, but does it bring you joy? Do you still, do you enjoy acting? Yeah, no, I do. I love many things, but, but acting definitely has brought me joy and it still brings me joy. Um, hopefully for a long time. Um, and, and my current situation with station 19 is great because it's a, it's a family environment. Uh, Shondaland is, is a place that, is, that speaks to creativity, uh, but it also speaks to current issues and, and courage to tell stories that are, that are, that are important to tell. Um, I think Shonda, uh, Shonda Rhimes, as well as Debbie Allen, who, who runs uh, Grey's Anatomy, and, and um, Krista Vernoff, who runs Station 19, are unapologetic and 
and courageous in how they tell stories. You know, right now we're living through COVID-19. So we're telling stories about COVID-19, about social justice. And, and right now we're going through two episodes that we're shooting right now where, where systemic racism is a big, is a big uh, topic. And I really appreciate that. And see, when you can uh, tell stories that are meaningful in that way, that can inspire dialogue, that makes my job even more fun, more enjoyable, because then it all has a real purpose, which is very important to me. Well, tell me about, uh, about your, your future role. What's a role that you would love to play? What would, what would look forward for me now, given that you've had the benefit of seeing all these different roles, playing so many different ones, what role would you love to play? What would be right for you? Wow, there's, you know, there's a hundred roles I want to play. There's so many um, from real life people like Arthur Ashe or somebody like a David Goggins. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, David Goggins is a, is a phenomenal person who uh, who was a Navy SEAL and went through um, SEAL training three times, the only human being in history, um, and then became a motivational speaker and an extreme marathon runner. He runs like 100 miles, 150 miles to bring awareness to, to different uh, organizations he supports. Very interesting cat. Um, to, to just like, you know, a bad like Liam Neeson and Taken to, to there, there's so many roles that I, I want to play. There's so many people I want to work with. You know, this is the industry that brings you together with just phenomenal people who are, who are so talented. And uh, I could never... I could never really express to you all the things that I want to do. I don't see there's, I don't see any limits. So I'm just, I'm just blessed to be doing what I'm doing right now. And, and I'm always excited about the next day. And, and entre- entrepreneurship, is that something I know that, that your wife oh, has yeah. started a company? I, I think if I remember correctly, you and your brother have launched things before. Is that something that's, yeah. that's in your blood? I know of these days, everyone says it is, but it's also, it's a hard thing. Is it, is it something that's meant for you? No, it's a really hard thing, but I enjoy it because it's it's challenged me uh, on on all kinds of levels because it reminds me of the fact that failure are the stepping stones to success and that this is a journey and not a destination and to enjoy and cherish every moment. Like I'm really enjoying this moment right now with you. Um, these these are some of the these are some of the moments that are that are so important to to keep in your heart and to, and to cherish and to really live and be present in, uh, and entrepreneurship is, you know, it's great. My wife started the gym rap eight years ago with a, with a keen sense of purpose to help black women protect their hair, but also their health at the same time. And which then has turned into, uh, uh, this initiative that we started called the help our heroes, help our heroes campaign. Uh, now she's manufacturing masks and we're giving away, we've given her over 500,000 masks to first responders and essential workers across the world. Um, so it becomes a purpose in itself, right? Uh, we launched World of Alpha, which is, which is uh, uh, an, an online custom suits and shirts business that my brother and I started. And then we launched the COVID app uh, with my brother, who's a certified uh, life coach, a trainer and a, a nutritionist. And his wife, Nicole, who's a yoga instructor and a breath, breath coach, in order to help people, uh, in, to, to help them uh, um, introduce healthy habits into their lives. Everybody's struggling right now with mental, spiritual, and physical health. 
in this pandemic, there's no gyms. Uh, we can't afford gyms. Uh, we can't afford the equipment. So we figured out a way how to um, give simple and effective tips on physical, mental, and spiritual health by way of doing five-minute exercises at home, meditation, teaching people about nutrition, staying away from diets because it's not sustainable, but, but meeting people where they are. So every entrepreneurial um, journey that we've been on has been because we saw uh, a need that then turned into a, a real purpose. And that is the most fulfilling experience you can have when you do something out of service. And it takes on, it takes on a whole other dimension of, of success, right? Because success now is not defined by uh, uh, P&L. It's, it's now defined by how many people you touch and how many, how many lives you can change or, or how many lives you can, you, can, you can impact in a positive way. Um, same thing with Full Circle Festival. Um, that was born out of the, the need for us to share an experience with, with African-Americans, people of African descent, that is life-changing, that is transformative. Because when you go to the continent and you step off that plane and your double consciousness goes away and you realize the importance of reconnecting with your ancestry and your culture and the awakening of your spirit and the realization that we're not the descendants of slaves, but descendants of survivors and queens and kings, those things are the most fulfilling experiences that I could ever wish for. And I've been so blessed that I've been able to, to have some of them. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. What is your highest best use going forward? Because I'm I'm struck. I was struck first of all by your name and who you were named after, um, and so already you were brought into this world with a lot of thought and and love and and consciousness. There was a depth to your entry in this world. You merged two continents um, uh, when you came, and so I, I and now hearing you just talk about all the various things that you've brought to life. And, and hearing you talk about them and seeing you in some cases kind of lean into that, you are making me wonder, what, what is your highest and best use? You know, um, part of my Ghanaian culture is the notion that when you become a father, you become a man. And, and I think that definitely my, my true legacy, my highest purpose is being a father to these two lion cubs out there uh, and to form their their personalities and to to lift them up and to sort of give them opportunities and expose them to things good or bad um, for them to develop characters who are always I said it before questioning authority uh, informing educating themselves asking questions being curious about the world and about people um, that's barn on the most important only real purpose in my life beyond that i'm i'm perfectly flawed <laughs> i'm a flawed uh, uh a human being who 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 um who seeks to 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 grow every day and i want to connect with people and i want to learn from people i want to learn about myself my patterns my my habits i want to um I want to be conscious of where I've been so that I can control where I'm going, but at the same time, leave space for God to, um, to share his plan with me, right? Um, that sort of release of control is also something that we have to learn. I have to learn. Um, my German mentality works against that sometimes because I want to be in control. I want to be 
I want to be disciplined and I want to be structured. And sometimes I just have to learn how to sit back and let God, you know, let her do her thing. Um, so yeah, being a father, definitely highest purpose. And, and other than that, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still finding it, you know, every day there's sporadic, uh, 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 sporadic times in my life where I feel um, I've taken on a purpose. Um, I've touched people. I've learned a lot. And then I also have recognized when it's time to release that and then keep on moving. And, uh, so it's, it's a delicate dance that I enjoy. Failure is a huge part of it. And uh, again, I'm a, flawed, I'm a flawed human being who, who continues to learn. I, I mean this in the largest sense. You, you have a preacher in you. You, you, you do. You do. You have a preacher and you have a teacher in you. And, and, and the fact that you love learning and that you think about things across time, across continents, across types, and that you like putting that together and that you think about it with a moral responsibility, probably in part, as you said, having become a father is probably deep in that. I think, I think that there's that. Um, and, and again, Lots of people in my mind have been preachers, even if they didn't have that title. I think Oprah was a preacher, is and oh, was yeah. a preacher, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and so there are lots of variations of it. And so when I say that, I don't literally just mean uh, maybe a more classic uh, a version of it. Um, uh, Boris, I hate that I'm bringing this to an end, but as I bring it to an end, I want to do something I call rapid fire. You mind if, uh, if I hit you with a half dozen questions? I want to know what immediately comes to your mind off the top. Your favorite tennis player of all time. Boris Becker. Boom, boom, Becker. Okay, I thought so. That makes sense. Um, um, who people confuse you with, if they ever do confuse you with someone? When I'm in Miami, they confuse me with, um, with um, oh, my God, Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor. I was going to do Rick Fox. That's so interesting. Oh, I love well, I don't have Rick, Rick still has, Rick's still holding on to his, his locks. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, uh, um, your most unexpected celebrity friend, the celebrity friend of yours that would surprise people that, that you're friends with this celebrity. With that particular celebrity? Like it's a yeah. surprise? Yeah. Um, Boris Becker. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Boris shows up twice. Um, uh, Besides uh, Becker, give me a hero of yours. Who's uh, who's a hero of yours? Who's someone who's uh, who you count among your heroes? Wow, it's a great question. Uh, do, is it somebody I know or somebody I idolize without having known him? Oh, I like that. Ah, I'll take one of each. I'll take one of okay. each. Um, Nelson Mandela, definitely a hero of mine. Um, the, the the grace and strength. Uh, that he must have had, Un unbelievable. And then personally, a uh, hero of mine would be James L. Jones, who I have had the pleasure to work with and love. Amazing, amazing man. I really love that you. Uh, I really love that you said him. And now you're calling to mind. Most people probably don't remember him as a young man, but I've seen films of him when he was a young man. Very striking. Uh, yeah. uh, young man. And so that's, that's very interesting. Uh, favorite book, favorite book. Um, right now I'm reading, uh, I, I keep reading it, um, is, is the, the post-traumatic slave syndrome. And I keep mentioning that, um, which is just very timely 
you know, right now. It teaches it teaches us the 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 the, the connections between what's happening today and what happened this past four hundred years. So it's, it's a great read uh, by Doctor DeGory, and she's phenomenal. And um, yeah, I, I recommend that for anyone. Most beautiful place you've ever visited? Oh my God. There's so many. I can give you a list. I mean, first of all, the Black Forest where I'm from is beautiful. Beautiful. Um, the 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 coast of, of Ghana, beautiful. I love um I love uh Fiji. I love Bora Bora, which is also in the South Pacific. I love um the south of France, Mediterranean. I love uh, Thailand, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, I, I've had the pleasure to be in, a, in many different places, and I've enjoyed a lot of them. Uh, of course, I love big cities. Vienna, where I was born, which is amazing. London, I love Paris. My wife loves Paris. Um, so that, that was a lot of places. Those are all good places. Hey, finally, as we close, we talk about love on this show a lot. What have you learned about love? What would you tell your younger self about love? Love is unexpected. Love is exhilarating. Love is painful. Love is encouraging. Love is forgiving. Love is spontaneous. Love is music. Love is unpredictable. Love is a privilege. Um, love is trying every day. Love is um, never giving up. That was good. Hey, hey, That's what I was hey, preacher Kujo, that was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That was good, Reverend Boris. That was good. That was uh, that was. Uh, I I could see you performing a wedding or two. That's good. I, uh... Oh, okay, a wedding. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, hey, man, I, I I really like. As I said, I I've, I've admired your work for a long time, and uh, what a pleasure to get to know you and know your your, your breadth and your depth. Um, I um I really uh I I really I I appreciate you and I appreciate. Um, you mentioned a word about Shondaland. You said courage. And I'm thinking a lot about that word as we go into this next decade, which I think will be challenging for all of us. And and will we be courageous enough to, um, uh, you know, to get us to a different place? And uh, so um, anyhow, what what a pleasure. Thank you for uh, making this time for me and for us. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you so much. And and look me up when you come back to LA. We'll break bread. I will. I will. Do you play basketball at all or only tennis? Yeah. My son is like a phenom. He, he works out every day, 6.30 in the morning. He's out there. Some of the NBA guys. Oh, yeah. is that right? Nice. And, and what does he have? Does he a jump shot? Is he is he good at the rim? What, he, what can he, he do? I mean, I, look, I'm a, I'm a father, so I'm, I'm biased. But but uh, he's he, he does it all. You know, he does it all. He shoots. He got crazy handles and he's I think I think his his biggest strength is that he's a workhorse and he he's got a motor and a heart that's just incredible so we'll see and he's got joy he loves he loves the sport you know it is a beautiful thing and I bet you so many people including him were impacted uh by watching Kobe over the years meaning I think Kobe 
so loved the sport and loved what he was doing and was so clear that he was bringing that to it that I think just like for the little kids in the Bay Area who've watched Steph, that's mm -hmm. also kind of shaped how they think about the opportunity. So it's a- 100%, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Hey, Boris, thank you so much, man. Thank I appreciate you, you uh, and I, uh, I look forward to seeing you when things are healthy. All right, same here. Be good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends to find us on the iHeart Podcast app and Apple Podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.